Welcome to the Stock Music Licensing Podcast, the number one resource for creating passive income selling stock music online. I'm your host, Daniel Carrizales, and I'm here to help you monetize your compositions. All right, welcome to episode 51 of the Stock Music Licensing Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you very much for hanging out here with me today. Uh, again, thanks a lot for all the support. I've been receiving uh, more messages and more emails of uh, from you that you've been listening and following this podcast. It really means the world to me. Uh, I'm really touched and, and I really appreciate it that you take the time to listen to these episodes, either you're going on your commute to work, either you're going for a walk or you're just going on about your day and listening to, to these episodes in the background. Uh, it's really important uh, for me to to share my story because I want I want you to, to be in, in a place where you can relate to me because uh, your story might be different, but we have the same goals and dreams and we all want to accomplish uh, that thing with our music. And uh, in this podcast, as you know, we're focusing on earning money by selling stock music online on royalty-free libraries and it's music licensing and it's the easiest way to join uh, this uh, amazing uh, industry, if you will, because there's different avenues, you see. There's different ways to get started in music licensing. And I found in my experience and in my journey that uh, selling music on royalty-free libraries is the easiest way to get started. It's the easiest way to test the marketplace. But most importantly, it's the easiest way to test yourself as a musician, composer, producer. And, and it's, it's been a, a fantastic journey for me uh, of growth and, and uh, a fantastic journey of, uh, of not only earning money but perseverance uh, see what am I made of in the sense of dealing with rejection, dealing with the ups and downs of uh, sales, uh, approaching higher-end libraries. Uh, but the, it all started with royalty-free uh, libraries like Pond5 and more specifically just Audio Jungle. That's where I I got baptized <laughs> by fire, I guess, if you will, in Audio Jungle. It's where it all started, and that's the first library I just stumbled across, and, and you know I just put all of my eggs in that basket, if you will. So what does a day look like for a full-time composer like myself? And uh, I want to share with you uh, what, does a, what does a day look like, okay? A day in the life, you know, from the morning until the evening of a full-time composer because this is all I do, and uh, my routine has changed from time to time. But before we get into the content of this episode, as always, this episode is brought to you by StockMusicLicensing.com. If you would like to learn about how to earn money selling your music on royalty-free libraries, go to StockMusicLicensing.com free and you can download my free guide there. And you can just really go and follow the seven simple steps to get started. It's the easiest way for you to to really uh, follow up a blueprint, if you will, of the things that you need to do in order to get your music out there right now, okay? Not in a year's time, Not <laughs> it's not a five-year plan like uh, a lot of our music licensing gurus out there are saying. I'm talking about right now, okay? So go again to stockmusiclicensing.com and as well, you can download my guide there. You will see the guide uh, available to you. And uh, the link, the direct link, if you would like to download it, uh, is stockmusiclicensing.com slash free. 
All of the links will be in the show notes of this podcast and rock and roll. Right, let's get right into this episode. Now, my routine has changed over time. A day in the life of Daniel uh, before I started selling music has a lot to do with my day today, my routine. We humans are creatures of habit and uh, it's very important to create a routine. So even if you have a day job, even if you do this on the side, whatever you do, even if you're a stay-at-home dad like I was, well, I still am, but now I have my wife here at home as well. So we pretty much are both, uh, we're, we're parents that work from home and, and we're here in the house full time, which it does uh, a world of good, not only to us as a couple, but uh, for work as well, because back in the day it was completely different. I need to rewind, okay, <laughs> to how I got started, how I came about doing stock music full time, all right? Because today I make uh, a living by selling music on royalty-free libraries and with music licensing in general, and I have developed a routine. And I yes, I have developed a nine-to-five mentality uh, because it does work with my my life. It works with my day. Uh, my girls go to school. And, and I try to really keep that nine to five uh, kind of like work routine uh, in place. And it's not all the way, always up to five o'clock. It's actually less than that. But uh, I do uh, keep office, <laughs> office hours. I, I know it might sound a little bit pathetic, but you know when, you, when that's all you do, when you work from home, and I don't care what routine you have, I don't care what industry you are actually, uh, I think it's a good idea for, for people that work from home uh, to develop a, a earlier on in the process a, a good routine. And, you know, uh, I, listen, I don't like to wake up early in the mornings, all right? Uh, I'm a night person, but I don't like to work at night either. I like to hang out, you know, like you. You know, probably you just want to watch Netflix and just play the guitar on the couch. And I don't, I don't want to be working. I don't want to be thinking about work because music to me is work, even though it's my hobby as well. But it's all I do. And I don't want to be working late at night, okay? But let's rewind so you can understand that day-to-day of a full-time composer. Back in 2010, 2010, me and my wife and my first daughter, Fedra, we moved from the UK all the way to Greece because my wife is Greek. And we were in a transition in our lives. We wanted to, to really start uh, fresh in, in Greece. I've been coming to Greece on and off because of my wife, visiting the in-laws. We got married here in Greece. We went on our honeymoon here in Greece. And Greece has a very special place in my heart because uh, I grew up in Venezuela. I was born in the UK, but I grew up in Venezuela. So for me, Greece really had uh, that thing that, uh, that I missed from my country, if you will, which is the hot weather, the beach, good food, and just the culture is really close to, to what I'm used to. That being said, uh, I lived in the UK for many years, and that's where I met my wife. That's where we had a life together. That's where we you know, started living in our early 20s as a as an adult, as a, as a couple, you know. And my wife became a teacher. She was a high school teacher, she had a very good job. And I was a, a guitar player working in a guitar shop. That was my day job. A fantastic day job. 
I met a lot of people and and obviously in our early 20s uh, having that type of job is really rock and roll and it was really it gave me the freedom to do a lot of things like play the guitar uh, build my studio like slowly acquired my my equipment and and see what I wanted to do really I was looking for ways to be involved in music and but the fact that I just had a day job in a in a guitar shop in central London, in Denmark Street, which is like the mecca of the streets in the world to sell guitars, it was just, I felt like my dream was coming true, even though it was just retail. Uh, but I was in a really fortunate position. It was a family business, so it's not like a corporate kind of job, or like, you know, the guitar center, which is like a massive chain of, of guitar shops or uh, there's many others that are like that. So this type of guitar shops, it was a, it still is a family-run uh, business, and uh, and I learned a lot, you know. And they don't have that corporate mentality. It's just really, uh, it's a little bit more. How can I say this? It's a little bit more warm. It's a little bit more. You feel like you're part of a team. You feel part of a family to a certain extent. So that was our life, you know. And as soon as we got married, and um, and we were going, about to have our first child in the UK, we, we realized that life was changing, okay? Uh, I've been working in that guitar shop for some time now, but not really doing anything else on the side with music. Nothing serious anyways, that I can say, hey, I'm going to dedicate my life to this now. And my wife was just a school teacher, which is, the she was earning more money than I was back then, and she was like the main... <laughs> Not breadwinner, but she was uh, the one that we were going to say, like, okay, if we're going to have a kid, which is, is already on the way, uh, you're going to have to stay at home with, with our daughter. And I'm going to just go back to work to be a school teacher because of the benefits and everything that goes with it. So that was the original plan back then. And uh, I was up for it. I said, like, okay, I can quit my job in the guitar shop and just stay at home and take care of the kid. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm talking about thinking in the long term after maternity leave and all of this, okay? Because that's what you need to do when you become a parent (laughs) and you're planning a family. You need to really think, okay, am I going to still be living in the same flat? Are we going to move away from London? Uh, Are you going to keep the same job? I mean, what's going to happen, you know? And, uh, you know, it was, that that was uh, one of the scenarios. Uh, But that being said as well, there was a lot of changes in the UK happening at the time. That's in 2009, going into 2010, then 2009 and, you know, whatever happened in 2008 with a global crisis, it did hit very hard as well, the UK and especially in London. And the guitar shops really suffer as well in the industry, in that street and everything was really changing and I could see it, you know. The group of people that I was working with, we were all (laughs) getting older. You know, we had girlfriends and slowly we all got married. We started to have kids as well. And and life was changing. And the company as well was going through some difficulties in the family business that I was part of. And and my boss started to sell a a few of the guitar shops because he, he owned quite a lot of those guitar shops in that street. And, and I saw the whole process, like the rise of, of it all, and then the slowly, like, not the fall, but really, okay, we need to, to, to scale back now. We need to reduce and start selling the other guitar shops. So it was a, at a period of a lot of change. And I, and I know that if you are old enough, you probably have seen these cycles uh, in your own life where life is telling you things are about to change, 
And if you're not willing to change, <laughs> you're going to suffer. And, and then things will change. Things will make you change. If you don't change, uh, life will make you have to choose something. You will, it will make you <laughs> uh, think. It will, it will be like a slap in the face and say, you need to make a decision now. You cannot not make a decision because even if you don't make a decision, that is a decision. So back then I was I was witnessing all this and we can see the economy in the UK as well was going a little bit uh, funny after 2008. It wasn't the same, you know. And uh, me and my wife were like, okay, but we're planning now, you know, we're planning to have a family and uh, maybe even for you to quit your guitar shop uh, day job and maybe be on a on and off kind of like basis. I mean, I, I could go probably part time or 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 if they needed me, uh, I can just pop in and do a, a day's shift and just earn some money. And it was really risky. And my wife was really like, okay, but we're here in the UK. We really don't have any family members. We don't have any anybody, okay? My wife's uh, family lives here in Greece. And my family, which is all from Venezuela, they are living in the States now, you know. So we don't really have any relatives. So it's a little bit of a crap situation to raise a kid in, in the UK in a in a country which it has given us everything. That's where I was born. Uh, and that's where my daughter was born. That's where my mom and my dad met back in the day. And that's the reason why I was born, because they were both traveling and studying abroad. So that London has a very special place in my heart. And, and that's where I met my wife, like I said. That's where my daughter was born. That's where I was born. And I live a very important uh, part or years of my life in the UK. But we had to make a choice. We had to make a decision. And uh, to your surprise, I, I was the one who was telling my wife, we need to go to Greece, okay? I do believe that we need to just, this is it, you know, whatever life we had in the UK came to to an end. It came full circle. It was just not possible to live in central London anymore. And, you know, and, and we were looking for ways and it just seems so impossible for us. And, and to be alone without a f family members, extended family members, it's, it seemed really hard. I didn't want my daughter to, to just grow up with mommy and daddy and no grandmother and grandpa around. So uh, I was pushing. I was trying to sell that idea to my wife. And, you know, my wife left Greece when she was really young. And, and when you leave Greece, it's a situation of like you're going for something better. And usually when you go back to your country, <laughs> everybody's like, what are you doing? You know, here, here in Greece, uh, we're in the midst of the Greek crisis. If you think it hit bad in 2008 in the UK, in Greece, it just, it's just unreal. And actually, there was like a delay. Yeah, it was like an aftermath. I mean, the, the, the whole crisis hit not in 2008 or 9. It was 2010 when they really hit hard here. So it, was, it took like two years to really kick in here. So here we are coming back to it in the middle of the Greek crisis. And we had this <laughs> hope that we're going to be living a better life here in Greece, sunny Greece. And uh, my wife quit her job okay, in the UK. Good paid job. I mean, that was, that was the income for us. And uh, we had saved some money. And we invested a lot of money here in Greece in uh, our family business that it was run by my in-laws my wife's uh, parent, and it's uh, a small cafe neo. If you don't know what a cafe neo is, it's, it's a coffee shop here in Greece. And a cafe neo is a place where uh, men hang out. And, and I'll repeat that again, men. 
no women. Uh, it's not that they're not allowed, but this is just a place for men, uh, especially old men. So they just hang out. They have coffee, and you can have a little bit of a drink as well, some snacks. And when I say snacks, it's like the equivalent of tapas in in Spain. So you can have a little bit of a drink, and you can have a little bit of something to eat on the side as well. It's not a meal, but uh, it's something to, that goes with a drink. Now, uh, my in-laws have been running this business for years, and it was a perfect entry for us in the, into Greece coming from the UK, especially for me as a foreigner. It was like, okay, we're going to put Daniel on payroll in this family business. And, uh, and they went as far to say that probably <laughs> I could be the owner of the place because it would look good on paper that I can be running this business and earning some money, of course, for the family. And hey, I'm a man. So it, it kind of like fit together that I can run the, uh, a Cafe Neo, which is <laughs> a place for men to hang out and serve coffees and, you know. And these kind of places are really low-key. They're nothing really fancy. And, and Cafe Neos are really popular here in Greece, you know. It's the place to go uh, if you are uh, with men or if you're a little bit uh, of a certain age, especially if you're a pensioner, that's, that's where you will go. A lot of workers will go after uh, working hours, and that's where you will hang out to watch football matches. That's where you will get with your friends, and it's usually local. So it's like the equivalent of England, like, I don't know, the local pub, but it's not a pub. It's, it's, this is different. Uh, it's not a worker's cafe either, but um, it's really unique, really. I don't know what's the equivalent of it in America, but um, it's really... a uh, I mean, if you come to Greece and you travel to Greece, look for a Cafe Neo because it's an amazing experience. I mean, you're going to see the culture and that, that this is what it is, you know. And if you don't speak Greek, that's fine. But there's nothing like going to a Cafe Neo and having a coffee, okay? Uh, a Greek coffee, by the way. Or a frappe, if you will. And, and, and anyways, I'm, I'm going off on tangents here. Uh, but, you know, we arrived in Greece. That was going to be our, our job, not knowing <laughs> that this Cafe Neo is open since 6 o'clock in the morning all the way to 12 o'clock in the evening. So right off the bat, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't sign up for this. And here I am working in a coffee shop, okay, serving uh, coffees, uh, and I forgot to mention that my wife was going to be there working with me as well, because we were pretty much going to replace my in-laws, okay? We, it was just pretty much like my mother-in-law and my father-in-law were going to just retire from that and hand down the business to us, which is really common here in Greece, by the way. Uh, a lot of family businesses are like this. So this is not something extraordinary. This is not something like, wow, what are you doing? This is what what happens. When that happened, uh, my life changed completely with my wife. And my family life changed completely. And, and, and to put it into context, we arrived in Greece on a Wednesday in December of 2010. At the, on a Wednesday, I can't remember the exact date. But it was the beginning of December, okay? And we arrived on a Wednesday, and I was working by Friday, full-time, okay? I was just like, there was no chance to like, okay. And we arrived to uh, at my in-law's uh, house as well. 
So we went from being completely independent to be living with my in-laws in a small flat with a newborn baby. So that was really hardcore. And working in these conditions is just not the Greek life that I wanted. And this lasted for some time until we managed to find a place to move and until we managed to say, hey, we don't like this lifestyle. We're, we're not meant to be working more than 12 hours in this type of place. And uh, it was really hard. That business went really bad, okay, really fast, fast. Me and my wife, we invested on the business 20 grand that we brought from the UK because we kind of like re did a lot of things. We renew uh, the bar. We kind of like invested some money. We hire an architect to make it better. And we lost all that money, man. I mean, that was 2010. That was just already 2011. And we lost a lot. And uh, sorry if I'm boring. <laughs> this is a, a little bit of a boring story, but it, it, this, this is what happened back then that it made me who I am today. So it's really important for you to listen to this. So back then, uh, we lost all that money. The business went down very quickly. I mean, we couldn't afford anything. That's it. And uh, we had to hand the keys back to my, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law to just... So we don't lose the business, okay? And my wife, <laughs> I was unemployed immediately. I didn't even work enough. Uh, there was something going on with the accountant that she didn't input me in the payroll as it should have. So I didn't even qualify for unemployment benefits. Uh, and here I am in, in Greece, in a foreign country without not even unemployment benefit, not earning any money. My wife had to go out into the workforce because she's Greek and she speaks Greek. And uh, and the original plan went back to to take place, which is me staying at home with my daughter, okay? So I stayed with my daughter, taking care of her, and my wife was just the breadwinner, working. And, and that happened uh, for, for some time, for a few years, it was like that. And, and it was just me in the house with a two-year-old daughter, my two-year-old daughter, you know, and just taking care of her, you know. And that's how I became a stay-at-home dad, full-time stay-at-home dad. Uh, I was looking for ways to make money. On the side, I did guitar lessons which doesn't really pay much here in Greece. And, you know, you have to go to people's houses or people will come to your house and, and take the lessons. I did some uh, production work with a singer that I earned some money, but you can't scale that. So it was really frustrating for me to, to see my, my daughter, like, growing. And, you know, and I'm flat broke, man. I'm, I have nothing, okay? There's no money coming in. Everything that we had is just my wife's uh, day job that she found, you know? My wife was lucky enough to, to find a job in, in Athens in a publishing company as an editor. And uh, we managed to get our, our stuff together really quick, but it was just one paycheck. It's not enough. I mean, it, you know how it is. If it's just one person earning money in the house with a kid, a family, it's really tough. So I was really demoralized. I was really, uh, I really hit rock bottom right back then, okay? It was really bad. I was really like, this is supposed to be the best time of my life. I'm a, I'm a father for the first time. So back then, I really went deep, hardcore into uh, like a midlife crisis, if you will. A lot of issues, psychological issues. Uh, back then, I was uh, smoking uh, weed, actually. And I've been a weed smoker for some time, as you do when you're a rock and roll musician. And... Uh, Listen, I, I don't really have ever, ever done any drugs at all. 
and uh, I've been really, really clean actually. Uh, but I will smoke weed, you know, it's just, it's just a little bit of grass. That's nothing really. But even back then, at that time, I said, okay, I need to do something. Something needs to change in my life. Something really needs to change. And that's when I went through a hardcore uh, immersion into the world of uh, personal development, okay? I went into a hardcore uh, routine of exercise, of uh, reading books about business, about how can I earn money online, how can I, you know, and, and everywhere it was just pointing to, the more I, I went to down the path of how to make money, it was all talking about psychology and uh, self-help, if you will, and uh, how to, to get your shit together when it came down to, to really earning money. So I was really frustrated because I was expecting for a magic pill or something that it would be a little bit more, more fast. Like, okay, you do this, you do that, and then you start making money. But it was all psychological and going inwards. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go down this path of uh, self-discovery. I'm already going through a midlife crisis. And uh, I can't even enjoy my spliff. So I, I quit smoking uh, weed, cold turkey, overnight. I stopped hanging out with uh, friends, close friends. Uh, even here in Greece that I had uh, that were related to... To, to smoking, of course. When you smoke weed, you have friends that smoke weed. And these friends were from back in the day, from, from England. And they just happened to, to live here in Greece now. So, uh, And I quit as well smoking tobacco, you know, cigarettes. So pretty much I, I'm smoke-free now for many, many years. And I did that as a statement of like, okay, things need to change. And uh, that's when I started uh, letting my beer grow as well. Because I said I always wanted to have a beard, like really long. And I'm talking about CC Top style of beard. I mean, I let it grow really, really long. Nowadays, I just keep it a little bit more tidy. But uh, if you see any pictures of me on, on social media uh, without a beard, uh, that's back in the day. That, that's the, the, the old Daniel. Any pictures that you see with a beard and... Uh, like, and I'm talking about the beer. Uh, that's like around 2013 and onwards. Uh, yeah, 2013. Uh, you know that that's the new Daniel because I let it uh, as a statement like this is the new person, and and I change uh, all of those habits. And if you're a smoker, uh, you know how hard it is to to quit. Uh, tobacco and nicotine is really hard to to quit. Stop. You can stop smoking weed like this, no problem. It's just a bad habit. But uh, quitting nicotine is, is hardcore. And I quit that as well, uh, cold turkey, overnight. Never went back, not, a, not even a single, uh, how do you say when you fall off the wagon? A relapse, not a single relapse, nothing, no patch, no gum, nicotine gum, nothing, no help, no vape, vaporizer, whatever, bullshit, nothing. Cold turkey. And I decided to work on myself, okay? As soon as my daughter started uh, pre-kindergarten, my first daughter, and uh, I left her that day, okay, in, in her school, and I went back home because I don't have a job or anything, it really hit even harder home because my wife went, went to work, uh, her day job. My youngest daughter, Federa, she's already three and a half, so she's going to her, do her thing uh, to kindergarten. And I'm, where am I going? I'm going back home. To do what? N not much. 
And it really hit me. I think like, wow, this is what... <laughs> This is what women that stay at home, like housewives, feel when their kids go to school, I guess. Eh? You go back to an empty home. <laughs> it was really bad. That really felt like shit. I got to tell you, that really, it was like I'm alone in the house. I'm not taking care of my kid. My wife is at work. My kid is where she needs to be. And I'm here at home, not, you know, doing anything. Like, okay, what am I going to do? I need to find a job. I need to earn money. I need to work from home because still I needed to be at home when my daughter will come back from kindergarten. So it's not like I can just go and get a job somewhere and then be absent from home. I was like the guy who was going to stay at home uh, so I can receive my daughter when she comes back from, from kindergarten. And, uh, and in that process, I started to really uh, focus on my lifestyle again, routine, new routine. And say, okay, I have this time. My daughter goes to school at 8 o'clock. My wife as well goes at that time. So I have from 8 till 3.30 that my, my daughter will come back from kindergarten. And that's when I started to say, okay, this, I'm going to take these hours. This is, these are my hours now. And I'm going to start making music. That's where I came across uh, music licensing and royalty-free libraries like Audio Jungle and Pond 5. And I said, this is my new routine. And I was at home, not smoking, not messing about by myself with my own demons. Nobody, nobody's watching. Nobody's telling me what to do. And there I am with a routine of like, I'm by the studio in my desk, making music, uploading, getting in touch with uh, uh, different libraries, but really studying more about uh, self-help and self-development. So what I will do back then is that as soon as my daughter will go to school, there will be like a little school uh, bus that will come and pick her up. From the house and by eight o'clock I was like eight past five or something okay and I will have a bicycle and I will just go for a ride where I used to live and and I will have this uh, audiobooks I will have a lot of motivational stuff that I will listen to on headphones so I will go for a bike ride for like an hour close to 45 minutes an hour, a bike ride, and I will listen to these uh, audiobooks about self-help and business, really. Uh, and I, I've shared this uh, with uh, many of you in my YouTube uh, channel, and, and books about motivation. I was listening a lot about uh, books from uh, Brian Tracy, Napoleon Hill, a lot of things about uh, Bob Proctor as well, um, Les Brown, uh, Tony Robbins, this kind of thing, you know, like really go deeper and say, I need to brainwash myself. I can't just go back home or let my daughter go back to school or go to school in the morning and I'm just going to start my day like this. I mean, there's so many things in our heads sometimes that you feel a little bit, it's hard to, to start the day right. So I said, I, I better get my stuff together early, okay? So I will say, I'm going to sacrifice between 8 o'clock in the morning and 9 o'clock uh, for brainwashing sessions every day. So I will go for my bike ride, I do a little bit of cardio, and I'm listening to these things in my ear, okay? And I did this for years. I still do this to this day. Nowadays, I walk because I injure my knee and I can't really ride a bike. <laughs> but that's how much I did it. So that was back in the day. I will brainwash myself between 8 and 9. I will come home so pumped, okay? You have no idea. I was transforming myself. I was really becoming somebody else. 
And by nine o'clock, I was just unstoppable. And I'm not earning any money at this point, but I already had a goal. I already had a purpose. And that's where I just focus, laser focus on my music, on my, my well-being, and say, okay, here I am. This is the new Daniel. And, you know, I'm growing a beer now. I always wanted to have a beer. And I'm going now, like, I'm going on beast mode here, man. You know, no more fucking smoking. No more waiting for inspiration to have to kick in. No, let me just have a joint to feel good in the morning with my coffee. No, uh, you know, I mean, the, all of that goes out of the window. And I go, I went like, okay, this is it. Okay. And I read many uh, books and, and many, many stories about big people, big achievers. I never had this idea of me being at home and be, you know, the same Daniel. It had to change. It had to be like, okay, there is, this needs to be, uh, the change needs to come from within. And it needs to, certain things need to change. So, and that's what happened. And from that point on, my day is pretty much nine to five. Uh, it has changed over time, of course. Uh, but in the early days, that was really, really important. And I did that for many years until it became my routine. And there was no more uh, messing about. And it's still to this day the same routine. I wake up and I go for a walk. I listen to audiobooks. I listen to podcasts, motivational stuff, anything to bypass my internal uh, dialogue of negativity or self-doubt or, or any victimhood that I might have or victim mentality and try to replace that with, you know, good stuff. Really uh, have mentors that even though I haven't met them in person, they're in my ear. They're listening to, I'm listening to what they have to say about how can I accomplish my goals, how to live a better life, Okay. And yes, how to earn money. And for me, it's been uh, a life-changing experience because I've been earning money with my music. I always wanted to work from home. I just didn't know how to. I always wanted to work online. I just didn't know that I could do it with music. I always wanted to, to be somebody else. I just didn't know how to start that process. So for me, it came from a desperation. I started this whole thing of earning money with uh, stock music out of desperation. My marriage suffered a lot those years, you know, until I got my shit together. And, you know, it's very hard to, to, for somebody to see somebody else. And, you know, if you think that people feel pity for you, if you don't, if you don't shake that thing off of you and, and if you don't really take matters into your own hands, uh, people will, will feel pity for you only for so long, you know. And, and I just really had to man up, if you will. Uh, the self-development uh, path uh, is still here with me. And I noticed that that happened. Uh, it had a lot of to do with my YouTube videos as well. And sometimes the message that I say, because I just can't help it, is what I consume. I read about books, about business, and, and it's all about the same thing. Believe in yourself, believe in a goal, believe in a vision. Uh, stop uh, settling for less, grow, you know, go where it's hard, uh, get out of your comfort zone. So all of this, this uh, stuff of personal development and, uh, and business, it all has to do with the mindset. So for me, mindset is really important. For me, lifestyle is really important, and I want to live a lifestyle of, yeah, rock and roll. But at the same time, uh, I don't need to be miserable. I don't need to be broke. I can still have a family and I can still do my music. And if I can inspire others to do the same, then I'm living 
my life under my own terms. So obviously, the day-to-day has changed a lot for me. But what I established uh, earlier on, like I mentioned, is the nine-to-five mentality. If I was willing to go out there and get a job <laughs> against my will just for a paycheck and to be there present for, from nine-to-five in the afternoon, can I do the same thing by will, by just me sitting on my ass by myself, nobody's watching, nobody's telling me what to do, and come up with a result? Because when you work for yourself, it's not about the hours. And this is something that I learned later on. It's not about the nine to five. It's about the result. Can I sit my ass on the chair in front of a, my desk, my studio? And can I produce something that is going to give me a result? And that result is measured, yes, in money at the end of the month. And, but it starts with me sitting my ass, making myself do that thing that I want to do, which requires effort. It requires a lot of uh, discipline. I love music. I will always be playing music even if I didn't earn any money. I will be recording even if I didn't make any money. But now I'm thinking differently. I'm thinking about that this is a business, okay? Music licensing is composing music in order for that music to be used by somebody else. And I need to earn money from that. So it's very intentional. But can I make myself uh, create that discipline the same way that I was in, in, in a day job. Can I make myself uh, work on myself? If I can't do this with music, I'm not going to be able to do this with anything because I truly love music. So it was a real self-discovery uh, journey when I decided to do this from 9 to 5 and, uh, and see what happened. And what happened is the person I became in the process and the person that I'm really becoming in the process because this, is, this hasn't stopped. This is a journey for me that it will never stop. As long as I'm alive, I will be progressing for something better and higher. I hope you want to do the same thing if you're listening to this. I have now a second daughter. And uh, for years, I've been the guy that stayed at home uh, doing music. Uh, I, I will make lunch for my first daughter. And we will wait for my wife to come home at around 5, 6 o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, that's our family life. Uh, as soon as my, my wife got pregnant again with our second daughter, which we are so blessed, our life changed again. Of course, our routine. My wife with a maternity leave. I'm still at home. And, uh, and this is where everything slowly started to change, of course. You know, when you have kids, uh, and especially when they're babies, and you repeat the whole cycle all over again, then obviously routine change, you know, maternity leave, then baby's born, and, you know, and but I still kept my, my schedule. And, you know, we juggle family life. I'm a family man, you know, so family comes first. And that's why I'm uh, documenting this. I started documenting on my YouTube channel um, in 2016, I believe. I wish I would have documented this back in the day. Imagine how cool my YouTube channel would have been if I would have been documenting all of this back when I got here to Greece. Imagine that. It would have been an amazing vlog. <laughs> amazing videos, you know, a lot of hardships, but it would have been an amazing story that I couldn't, you know, I'm telling you here today. That's why I feel like it's so important to, to document something. And I say always to my students, just get started. Man. You don't know where it's going to take. I mean, today I have not only I do music licensing uh, and I sell my music online, but as well I have this other aspect. I have an academy. I have students. I have all of this teaching going on on the side. And I have now 
a, a podcast. I mean, I would have never thought about that years ago. And, and I'm becoming somebody else in the process. So I'm still changing. I think the most important thing is to evolve. I think that's the word I was looking for, evolution. You know, I can't just stay the same. We need to evolve. And for me, doing the stock music online and earning the money like that has brought me to the YouTube channel. It has brought me to creating my courses, the academy, having students, coaching, doing the podcast. And I can't wait for my next project. But still, to this day, my routine is the same. Same thing. I wake up, take the kids to school. All right, both of them are going to school now. Hopefully it stays like that if they don't shut us down here again with COVID-19. And as I'm recording this, we're in the middle of a lockdown, but schools are still open. But I still do my 9 to 5, you know. At 1 o'clock I have my break, I have lunch, and then I carry on working. And I, usually I can just uh, shut everything down by 4 Anything after that, if I have uh, produced a result, and a result by that I mean that I have on a day-to-day -day basis uh, no more than two or three goals that I need to achieve, okay? So keep that in mind. You're not going to do everything in one day, but for example, for me, it could be compose a new music track. That's a very important goal or task, I should say, for the day, and that's going to take a lot of my time. But if I can, and that could be day one, okay? The next day, it could be upload that music track, uh, deal with uh, some uh, emails from students, and then my third uh, goal might be start composing a new music track, okay? Something like that. But I need to move the needle in the right direction uh, little by little, every single day doing something that is going to be uh, for the right cause. And that right cause or that goal is, is this going to go in the, am I going in the right direction to, to create what I want to create, okay? And if the answer is no, then I have to refocus. So it, the most important thing of my day, this is what I want to say, is the hours before I start working, <laughs> which means that I'm, it's my brainwashing hours of positivity, okay, motivation, and education, because I do educate myself through an audiobook or listening to a podcast, okay? Uh, which is all about business and self-help, self-development, self-growth, and, and anything that will help me move uh, forward and grow. So that's the most important thing. If I start my day without that walk, okay, without that uh, audiobook in my ears for an hour, it's, it, I start the day in the wrong note. And I can tell you this. After that, it's very easy for me to just sit down and really compose my music, upload my music, do my edits, uh, join a new library, uh, do coaching. Because now my life actually is even more busy than before. Now I have so much things to do. I have YouTube, I have podcasts, I have the academy, I have students. It's not just the music anymore. And still, I manage to work less hours because uh, it's about the results. It's not about the nine to five. It's about how can I create this result and it will make me uh, move in the right direction, okay? And in that right direction is measured in at the end of the day or at the end of the month with a paycheck or with my earnings, if you will. I don't like to work at night. Anything that I do after four or five is just play time for me. If I still have the studio on after five o'clock, I'm just free to experiment. That's my play time. 
I can just uh, compose something for fun. I can just brainstorm new ideas. I can play the guitar. And then after that, it's just dinner and watch something with my wife. I don't work at night at all, okay? I don't, I mean, I've done the odd night here and there, just, you know, but it's not something that I do. It's not something that I'm looking forward to do because uh, I don't feel the need to be at 12 o'clock at night making music. It's a different energy, you know? For me, it's in the mornings. For me, it's, uh, and I'm a night person, but I have disciplined myself to do it throughout the day because it's very precious, the time that we have uh, to accomplish what we need to do, you know? I hope this episode is uh, helpful to you. I hope I didn't disappoint you in <laughs> what a day looks like on a full-time composer uh, because it's very simple. It's the same as any other day job. You just have to sit yourself by your desk, in my case in my studio, and just create a result. It's not about keeping track of time. If I Is it 5 o'clock yet so we can go for a beer? Okay, It's not about that anymore. It's about... Holy shit, it's five o'clock. I better finish this. You know, and truly with a passion that I really need to finish this. Okay? I need to get something done. This needs to be done today, no matter what. So it's a shift in, in mentality. There is a, a, some, there's a different way of seeing things when it, when it comes down to, to accomplishing your goals and your dreams. And if you do this on the side, which you most likely you are, it's even more important. And you're in a better position than I was because uh, at least you don't have the worry of money. So you can do this on the side, but you still need to implement the same discipline and the same commitment. Even if it's one hour a day or even if it's two hours on the weekend, you still have to say, this is this is my time now. And I better, re- and I better come up with some results. That could be composing your track. That could be just uploading it. That could be mixing. That could be... I don't know, anything that moves the needle in the right direction for you, wherever you are in your journey. Thank you so much for for listening to this episode. I hope this has been uh, insightful for you and explains of why uh, I do what I do and why I'm so passionate about uh, stock music licensing. It's it's not about the music anymore. It's not just the music. It's, It's more, okay? There has to be a bigger reason than just the music and earning money. There has to be a bigger reason and, you know, for you it might be different, but you have to really find that within you. And, and for me it's growth and for me it's, uh, it's my journey. It's my life. And I want to do a work that really matters to me. And if I can help others do the same thing, then it's, you know, my job is done. And my job is done today with this episode. I hope you are doing fantastic wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for all the love and support. I'll see you in another episode. Rock and roll. And here's to your success. Welcome to the Stock Music Licensing Podcast, the number one resource for creating passive income selling stock music online. I'm your host, Daniel Carrizales, and I'm here to help you monetize your compositions. 